Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Salutations, IDP Army and Possums. You got offensive points bringing you the best. We are going to dive in the AFC. Is it the East today? It is the East. All right. So we're going to dive in the AFC East. We're going to go through these teams, let you know guys that we're high on, that uh, IDP guys were high on, and we're just going to dive in, give you a general sampling of each team here. So, guys, this season, it's right around the corner. If you're not doing your research now, you are already behind the eight ball. I mean, are you trying to win your leagues or what? So give us a follow. Give us a review. Let us know what you want to hear. We are here for you. We love bringing you this stuff. We love what we do here. So give us a follow. Go buy some merch. Get yourself a possum shirt. It's at Semi Pro Fantasy on, on Etsy. Get ID, the IDP Army on YouTube. Like, follow, comment, subscribe. We've got the uh, IDP Index. We've got the Dynasty Index at our Patreon. Go buy yourself that. If you guys are trying to win your leagues, we are here for you. So hit us up whatever way you want. Let us know what you want to hear. Guys, we're running a little bit on a skeleton crew today. It's me and Bill. So we're bringing you the best today. We trimmed the fat a little bit. So we have got you. Billy, what is up? Well, you know, as the YouTube likes to point out, apparently I interrupt people a lot in uh, when we're doing the podcast. So, Joe, I mean, look forward to that tonight. I only have yeah, it's better one to person I can you. interrupt. It's better to contain you in a two-person atmosphere than a four. So, you know, I'm glad that person pointed that out. I had never actually thought of myself as 
interrupting people as they talk, but I guess, you know, here we are. I, I, I'm that guy. I, I'm the guy that interrupts people while they're talking. So hey, not, know, it's just us two. So just get ready, Joe. I'm going to interrupt everything that you're saying. I can't wait, man. You learn stuff about yourself as you get older. And if you're not improving, then you're, <laughs> you're losing. So that's exactly right. You know, sometimes you think you're the hero and you end up being the villain the entire yeah, time. That's, that's what listeners are for. Keep it coming. We love here. Exactly. It. Love the feedback. I will like that all the time. At least, hey, I would rather you say something and me read it than do you just think it in your head and then I never ever know that that's how you feel. So yeah, yes, let us know means, how you feel about leave it. Leave the feedback. Leave the feedback. We're Remember that one guy it. on TikTok said he thought Joe was bald the entire time. Then he found out Joe had hair. Yeah. It was a it was a shocking experience for that person when he looked. It's at not the much, but it's still there. <laughs> yeah, he was a he was a shocked. Uh, patron of the tiktok okay well before we get started tonight i just want I, I think we just need to bring it to attention of people that there are hearings going on in washington dc about dan snyder uh he refused to testify but roger goodell decided he would open himself up to testify about the workplace that is going on with the washington commanders and i just want to play this small snippet of um a piece from I think his name is Pat O'Fallon. He is a uh, congressman from Texas, and this was his contribution or a piece of his contribution to the overall hearings. The NFL footballs, the pigskins, the rock, the pill, the hand egg, the melon, and the leather was mysteriously underinflated by two psi pounds per square inch. This led to a multifaceted investigation. Months long, thousands of dollars spent. Where the goat? Mr. California Cool, the real Slim Brady, the master of the tuck, the Lord of the Rings, Tom Terrific. Tom Brady was suspended by the league. So, Joe, why, why are we talking about Deflate Gate from 2013 in a 2022 congressional hearing about the workplace for the Washington Commanders? Joe, can you make sense of this for us? He, he brings up a good point, though. I mean, first of all, I like to pick, nitpick that that investigation only cost thousands of dollars. Bullshit. That was probably upwards of millions. But, you know, Tom Brady, he deflated the football and he got absolutely chastised for it. Is there a more um, villain-esque owner in the NFL than Dan Snyder? That dude is always in the news for some crazy stuff. So if you're going to throw the book at Brady, you better throw the whole library at Dan Snyder and just get him the hell out of there. I, I guess, you know, I've listened to the entire clip. Uh, we didn't really get to hear much of Roger Goodell's answer in the clip, but I, I just don't, I don't know. It feels like it came out of nowhere. I guess I need to hear it more in the context of the overall situation. But this guy just seems like he needed to get off the fact that he knew all of those nicknames for Tom Brady, Mr. California cool. Who has called him that ever? I've never I've, heard that. That no, guy obviously had some money on that game though. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Tuck. Like I, he has to, a, he has to know that Brady, like Brady being from California, I guess makes him Mr. California cool. But I, I just don't know who in the world has ever said that before. And he must have looked on like pro football reference. And that must be one of the names underneath uh, Tom <laughs> Brady, because I like the real slim Brady who has ever said that in their entire life. 
I don't know. I think as a congressman, he's just using that because, I mean, we all know that Brady's going to have to retire at some point. And I think we all know that he is going to be a congressman or a president at some point as well. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, his life trajectory, you know, it can't even stop at president. He's got to be like the president of space or something. Of course. He's always a winner. Yeah. He always wins. And so I think he's just trying to draw his line in the sand right now and just let everyone know how he feels about Brady. So uh, he's got a platform when Brady actually runs. All right. Well, we appreciate you, Mr. Pat O'Fallon. You are doing the taxpayers' dollars justice by mentioning the Tom Brady Deflategate case in yeah, that I'll congressional I'll just throw area. more of this money out of my wallet for you people. <laughs> I mean, might as well light it on fire, Joe. <laughs> All right. Well. well, before we move on to the AFC East, I think we need to bring in an AFC East legend to talk about real quick. And that's Tom, that's Mr. Rob Gronkowski, who is officially – I'm going to put that in quotation marks – officially retired – from the NFL. It looks like he will not be starting out the season on a team. I still think the door is open if we're talking about November, December. Tom Brady, you know, calls up, ring a ding ding. Hey, Rob, I need you to come. We're making a playoff run again. I still think that's on the table. But if he, if this really is the last time we saw Rob Gronkowski was last season, what a hell of a career, Joe. Insane. Insane. No one runs like that and is that big and scores that many touchdowns and just plays with the energy that he does. So it'll be sad not to see him play. I, I'm with you, though. I think all it would take was a bring bring from Brady and he'll be back. Yeah, he will. It's it's not every day you see a, a polar bear that's trained to be a professional football player, but that's exactly what they did with Rob Gronkowski. And we wish him all the partying in the world after he retires because, you know, the party is just now starting for him. It's been going this entire time. But honestly, this, you know, that was all the pregame. It was this entire time. Now the real partying begins for Gronk. Yeah, now he'll be back in WWE. I'm sure he'll fight Jake Paul at some point. (laughs) Oh, the Jake Paul fight's got to be scheduled by now. Yeah. Got to be scheduled. You know it's happening. But, I mean, yeah, it's go pick up Cameron Brait. I mean, he's pretty much the only tight end on that roster now. OJ Howard's in Buffalo, so yeah. yeah By the way, RIP to everybody in best ball who thought Rob Gronkowski was going to be, you know, your linchpin at the end of your drafts for tight end. You win some, you lose some. What yeah, you, what you some say? Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> maybe not. Who maybe knows? not. Maybe he shows up in October and he's ready to go. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Well, now that we got all that out of the way, Joe. Let's get into the AFC East. Um, this division is really heavy at the top by that being the Buffalo Bills. We yep. have both kind of talked about in the past. We think the Buffalo Bills are Super Bowl contenders. But I think there are some very interesting underlying stories for the rest of these three teams. So let's start out with the Jets. I will let you start out with that. Um, they did some interesting things this offseason. So, Joe, let us hear about the New York Jets. They did. Uh, the New York Jets absolutely killed the draft. Um, that was extremely impressive what they were able to walk away with from the draft there. Uh, they finished 4-13 and last year. Uh, the biggest thing about this team is they are just so young. They are they're kind of a question mark. I don't really think anyone knows exactly what's going to come out of this team. They are so young, but they're absolutely loaded with talent. Um, you know, the big additions they had, they added Jordan Whitehead at strong safety. I think that's a, a huge plus for them. Added Vinny Curry for some depth. They had Garrett Wilson, Sauce Garner, Brees Hall, Jermaine Johnson. I mean, there's some heavy hitters that were added to this team in the uh, in the offseason there. So, you know, I think Salah's got a lot to work with. He's going into year two. Uh, I mean, the biggest the 
the linchpin in this team is going to be Zach Wilson this year. Um, it was not pretty last year. We all know that the 49ers system that Salah brought over is very friendly to quarterbacks, but I don't think Zach Wilson fully understood what was going on and it made it more difficult because he was trying a bunch of stuff. He was trying to work too much, but you know, this year I think he has a better understanding of the the whole playbook and where he needs to go with it. And they added just a ton of weapons on this team for him. I mean, the biggest thing with Wilson, his, he led the league in catchable passes dropped last year. And that usually shows accuracy issues for quarterbacks but he's worked very hard on it this year and reports out of camp or he's looking pretty efficient. So I do think this offense takes a step forward this year, taking a shot on Wilson as a QB two and a super flex. I, it wouldn't be the worst thing. I mean, it's ballsy, but he's currently going to QB 22 at that point. You know, you don't have a lot of upside with those guys. So Zach Wilson could be the guy that helps you win your league this year. And it pains me to say that Um, running backs. I mean, they, they have Tevin Coleman still. They've got Michael Carter. They've got Brees Hall. Uh, Michael Carter is currently going at RB46, but this is a full-blown running back by committee, I believe, at this point. I mean, with all the names they have. The fact that Brees Hall profiles better than Michael Carter in every important measurable speed, uh, evasiveness, receiving, and blocking, it's really not good for Michael Carter. Uh, the minimal standalone – he has minimal standalone value, um, unless something happens to this backfield, you know, if Tevin Coleman were to get injured, if something, you know, with Brees Hall happened, then we could see kind of what we saw from him last year. But I think Brees Hall steps right in. Um, and the Jets already view him as the running back one. They traded up for him in the second round, and he is special. He is probably the most complete back to come out since Saquon. We all know how that went, but the Jets absolutely love this guy, and it fits his scheme perfectly. And Robert Sala has mentioned him as a home run hitter constantly, and they will use him to cover up for Zach Wilson's shortcomings. Uh, I think this offense runs through Brees Hall. Where he's going, he's RB19 right now. I think it's going to creep up a little bit more. I think I think by the time the season rolls around. But if you're in an underdog, I think it's a good time to buy on him because the line, Mikhail Becton, uh, who knows what's going on with that guy, but they did bring Tomlinson in a couple other guys to kind of bolster that line. So I think we could see even a better offensive line this year, uh, which leads me to the wide receivers. Uh, we got the big three. We got Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, and Corey Davis. Uh, Jeff Smith and Braxton Berrios are going to be on the roster. I don't think you're going to get anything from those guys. Um, but Elijah Moore, going at the end of the fifth round right now, he's an ADP of 66 on underdog. He's going behind Juju Smith-Schuster and Amon Rossi Brown. The talent is there. The upside is undeniable. Even with Garrett Wilson there, we've already seen what Elijah Moore can do. I, I like the volume. I think he's the wide receiver one on this team. For the foreseeable future, Garrett Wilson could have something to say about that. But I do like where Elijah Moore is going. Uh, reports out of camp. Again, camp news. But Garrett Wilson's not really fully understanding the playbook just yet. So, they're keeping it light on him, but he's uber talented. He was my rookie wide receiver number two heading into drafts, and he had a pretty good landing spot uh, to grow with uh, Zach Wilson there. So the talent is there. I just My advice is be patient in the first half of the season with him. This team really does not have an identity yet, so they're going to have to build on that. So if you draft him, just know what you're getting yourself into. Um, it's probably not going to pay off till the second half of the year. Uh, Corey Davis, um, I think he starts as the wide receiver two. Uh, at the beginning of the season here. 
he could have some very good value early in the season, but I do think Garrett Wilson takes him over. Um, side note here, I think Denzel Mims gets cut. I really do. So if you want to add him, trade for him, I, he's t- apparently he's in the best shape of his life right now. So they could be just trying to bolster up the, uh, you know, see if they get an offer for him or anything. But Denzel Mims could be a solid add in the dynasty. Just he's absolutely free right now. You might even be able to pick him up. They also added CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin. I don't know what you get out of these guys. Tyler Croft had a couple good games last year. It seems like Zach Wilson likes the tight end, but I'm not banking on anything, especially by them adding both of those guys. Do you have anything to add on the offensive side, Bill? Not bad. Forgot I was muted. <laughs> the old mute. First time I, you know, first time I've ever done this before. Um, I was going to say is that Brees Hall is uh, was comp to Le'Veon Bell. I, it's a potential. That's uh, a potential thing that could be. And then Garrett Wilson was comp to OBJ, which I think is very likely. Garrett Wilson was my number one wide receiver through the entire year, pretty much. Um, not going to lie, the doubt started to creep in there at the end where Burks and London were kind of flirting with my spot. But I'm just, I, you know, I stuck with my convictions in the end. Garrett Wilson was my guy. He's just there's a special little part about him, and I I think that he's going to do really well on this team. Uh, he's not going to be your Corey Davis tall, you know that kind of guy. He's going to be the guy that cuts and does his thing through the middle of the field, and that's that's what you're getting from Garrett Wilson. So I think that if they can unlock that with Zach Wilson, I I don't see why Zach Wilson fails this year. Like it, it, there really is no excuse. These wide receivers. They're young, but they're very talented. There, there should not be a reason why Zach Wilson fails. Right, and even if he does, I think you know they've set themselves up good for next year. If he <laughs> fails, you know you got Young and Stroud coming out. You could take a shot at one of them. Yeah, and the whole team's extremely young, so you got a lot of rookie contracts yeah. right now. You've got a lot of stuff, so they could even bring in a veteran at the right price. But uh, I do like Zach Wilson. Now, the Garrett Wilson thing, you know, he played press co- against press coverage at Ohio State. So that is a huge plus about getting him on the field early. Um, so you're going to see some fireworks with him. I, like I said, I would just be patient mm. on that one. Well, now, I'm, uh, good with everything else. Yeah, on the defensive side, um, you know, quick hits. CJ Mosley, just don't forget about him. He's 30 years old. A lot of people are starting to write him off already. But he just had his best statistical season. He had 168 tackles and two sacks last year. So I don't see any reason why he can't repeat that. I mean, he's he's got the starting spot locked down. Um, they're getting Carl Lawson back from a torn Achilles. Uh, you know, his rookie season was his best statistical stat or a sack season. But he could build on that. This, this Again, this defense is just so freaking young. It's ridiculous. Um, we got Quinnen Williams. Uh, he's one of my breakout guys this year. I can just feel it coming on. He had six sacks last year, but his rushing efficiency is really off the charts. Uh, they added some depth. Uh, they added Vinny Curry there, so they could keep him fresh, and you could see that sack total really bump up this year. And then his brother, Quincy Williams, had 73 solo tackles last year. So you're talking about an LB3, LB4. Not the worst thing to have on your roster there. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I hope people don't forget about C.J. Mosley either. I think that, the, you know, he's not one of those names that's going to uh, really get – I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I am not talking from a place of knowledge, but I think that C.J. Mosley is getting overlooked by a lot of people because he doesn't have 
the team. But yeah. Robert Sala really gets these guys playing. Their defense was secretly pretty good last year, even with the injuries that they dealt with. Yeah. So they're stacked on the defensive side of the ball now. I mean, they really adding, are. Like adding like, sauce back there. The Jordan Whitehead signing, I brought it up earlier, but he should slot right in at strong safety. And with the amount of cover three that the Jets run, he could have his just an absolute monster of a year playing that position. He could. No, I like this team, and I really think that they're – I think this is this is a, a sneaky team, man, really do. Yeah. I think this is one of those teams where um, we're going to be looking at them in probably November. They probably have only won probably four or five games by this point, but it's much improved over – what we thought, I guess. Yeah. There's just so much value on this team. I mean, it's even if you look at guys like Brees Hall and Elijah Moore, where they're going and what they could be, you know, if you if you buy them at the right price, you could have an absolute league winner on your team. So there's just too much value here. I think you're right about that. They do have a pretty tough schedule. Yeah, I'm starting off here. I would <laughs> My uh, DraftKings app needed a download today, so I don't have the uh, over-unders. But. Well, let's make them up here. Okay. Well, that works right. for me. So we got we got Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincy, Pittsburgh, Miami, Green Bay, Denver, New England, Buffalo. New England again, Chicago, Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, and Miami. Hmm. I did not love that, Joe. The start of the season's very difficult. Oh, man, that sucks. I mean, if Watson plays, you're going Baltimore and Cleveland and Cincy. Those are all losses, probably. You could probably beat Pittsburgh, but with the way Tomlin coaches, I think Trubisky's or Pickett could still put up a run against this team. Miami, uh, Green Bay, Denver. Ugh. I mm, okay. Buffalo. Well, man. That's crazy. Maybe five okay. wins. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe it's going to be yeah, something like five. Probably, probably not a big winner there. By the way, boy Mickey Blanco still on the team. Yep. I hope he, you're. I hope the legend is tender. I hope the legend of Mickey Blanco continues forever and ever. To be honest, the Jets are at five and a half. Five and a half. That sounds. Damn you, Vegas. Man, it sounds about right. <laughs> Yeah, you could see them winning six. You could see them winning five. Yeah, probably about right though. Maybe they'll. Maybe this is the year. This is the team this year that's going to pull some weird upsets that we're going to be like, hmm, that team won that game, huh? Yeah, they're just going to be fun to watch. They're really going to be a fun team to watch. I think you are correct. All right, let's move on to Miami Dolphins. Um, a lot of changes went on with this team. So the head coach is now Mike McDaniel. They booted out Brian Flores unnecessarily i think personally i think brian flores was a a good coach and then i think that now you know especially what they were planning to do because you know you hear the rumors of they were gonna bring in brady they were gonna you know give him part like ownership of the team they were gonna try to get sean payton to come coach hear all these rumors and then everything kind of exploded because brian flores filed the uh the lawsuit against them so this is kind of what we went with the second option which is Mike McDaniel from San Francisco. I actually kind of love this for the Miami Dolphins. I think this is going to completely overhaul their system. Um, and just listen to these additions. Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson from Dallas, Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, Raheem Mostert. Those are all offensive players that I could all see having value uh, going into 2022. Yeah. 
So the record was nine and eight this last off season. Um, let's just, I'll, let's just start right where the controversy starts and that's Tua. So Tua right now is QB 17. Uh, Fancy pros hasn't ranked him QB 18. That feels about right to me. Um, I think with the situation and the offensive players that he has on his team, he should not be the 18th ranked quarterback. He should be in the top 10, but he is Tua. Miami has decided to go with a very strange route of putting out on social media that he can't complete balls to Tyree kill. He has made comments in the press saying, Hey, if you saw the feed, if you few, if they would have videoed the throw after that one, I threw like a 70 yard bomb to Tyree kill. If they would have just videoed that one. Sure. That sounds awesome Tua. I totally believe you. That sounds like it's totally something that actually happened in practice. So, Let's just be honest. This year's kind of a prove-it year for Tua. Um, as far as your fantasy football team goes, I think that that should give you some confidence if you wait on a quarterback and say people start taking their second quarterback and you're like scrambling around. Tua is kind of a guy I think that you could pick up because, listen, he still has Tyreek Hill. He still has Jalen Waddle. He has Chase Edmonds. He has Sony Michelle. He has my, – well, I was going to say Miles Gaskin. Woof. He has Raheem Mostert. He has – Durham Smythe, uh, because apparently some weeks they just forget that Mike Gesicki's on the team. They have oh. these players. Uh, the O-line is not overly improved, but it is better than it was last season. Tua is out of excuses. And if Mike McDaniels is serious about getting Tua into that next contract, into the future for the Miami Dolphins, he's going to have to prove it this year. If he does not, he's going to be off the team, and it's going to be Kyler Murray or Tom Brady or somebody next offseason. So – if, if there's a QB that you're going to wait on in this draft, I think it is to a tongue of Iowa. Um, so moving on to the people that he will be distributing the ball to. So we'll just get through the running back situation because it's a complicated mess. Uh, Chase Edmonds is probably the number one going into the season on the depth chart. Um, the problem I can foresee is that they also have Sony Michelle. They also have Philip Lindsay. They also have Raheem Mostert. They also have Miles Gaskin. I don't see Gaskin getting a lot of work. I'm going to bet my Philip Lindsay's kind of like a backups, backups, backup. But between Sony Michelle and Raheem Mostert, I think they will get work. Um, we know the story on Raheem Mostert. He starts out the season at 50,000 miles per hour and then, um, a hamstring injury usually takes him out. Uh, I think Chase Edmonds will be a smart play going into the season, though. He's going as running back 35, which I think is probably about right for now until we get a little bit more clarity on how they're going to use him in that backfield. I think we're going to get him pumped up. I still think he won't crack the top 24. Joe, I'm sorry. I know that you love Chase Edmonds. Love and Chase he Edmonds. is very talented. But I don't really see how he cracks the top 24 for me personally. But I could see him creeping up to the 26 range, 25 range, right at that cusp of being an RB2. So we'll have to see. Sony Michelle is going to be a very valuable handcuff this year um, because if anything happens to Chase Edmonds at all, Sony Michelle will be in for a line share of good work because Mike McDaniels loves to use the running backs in that capacity. Um, Probably not going to trust Raheem Mostert. That is a dart throw at the end of the draft. I really would love to see, you know, he's worked with Mike McDaniels in San Francisco. So I would love to see exactly how he's going to use him. Mike McDaniels is going to have to talk a little bit more, I think, for us to know 
exactly what's going to happen there. He's he's going as RB 49. So clearly the people out there still kind of believe on underdog and Raheem Mostert, but I kind of need to hear it more before I say take him on your season-long teams. Um, move on to the wide receiver situation. This one's pretty quick. It's Tyree Kill. It's Jalen Waddle. What what else can I say? Uh, Tyree Kill was going as wide receiver eight on underdog at one point in time. I think that might be a little rich. Maybe. Um, he's 12 now. Yeah, that 12 feels more right. I, you know, yeah. we're splitting hairs between eight and 12 probably, but I feel like eight for Tyree Kill and Tua is rich. But like I said earlier, Tua's got to prove it this year. So Tyree Kill gives him no excuses. Tyree Kill is here. I, I don't know if he's here to win a championship. I think he's here to get paid, but he's definitely not just going to lay down and relax. Like he's going to be playing Tyree Kill style football going to be a lot i think he's going to be a ppr monster this year kind of like jalen waddle was last year i think tyree kill is the upgraded version of that because he's quite a bit quicker than jalen waddle so moving on to jalen waddle he's going as wide receiver i think it was 13 last time i checked might be a little bit further down like 17 now which again feels about right um jalen waddle is still going to catch a lot of balls this year like they're still going to use the short not flashy dump off passes he's going to have some that he catches and he gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage again that's going to happen again to Jalen Waddle but he's going to get those PPR points I would say Joe probably my hottest take about this team is that if you're in a non-PPR league I would not touch Jalen Waddle this year no I just wouldn't because no. Tyree Kill is going to get the catches and then the yards after catch you know down the field where those yards are still going to rack up but Jalen Waddle I don't necessarily I could see him catching I, this stat line sounds about, about like something he would do, like 12 catches, 78 yards. I, that mm. seems like it could be totally within the realm of possibility for Jalen Waddle this year. So maybe if you're in a non-PPR league, Jalen Waddle maybe just scratch him off the board. But if you're in a PPR league or even a half PPR point PPR league, like some of you psychos out there, go ahead. I think he's still within the realm of possibility. Cedric Wilson's the other guy to keep uh, an eye on on that team. I don't think he's going to be used very much. There's just too many other mouths to feed. Um, but in case there's an injury at the top, Cedric Wilson will be your guy. And then just to end the tight end situation, it's Mike Gesicki. It's Durham Smythe. You can go ahead and trust Mike Gesicki all you want. He's going to, he probably is going to rank as a top tied, like a tight end one within the top 12. I, some games they just forgot about him. Now, here is the one thing. Mike McDaniels loves using a tight end. He loves it. So could you see Gasicki be in a George Kittle role? He's not George Kittle. He's athletic enough. He is. But anyway, Joe, so before I get to defense, what do you think of the offense on the Dolphins? Okay, my first thing is with the running backs. Chase Edmond is the one, Edmonds is the one, and they're going to use him as such. If you follow the money, which is what they do with the stock markets and everything, Chase Edmonds signed a two-year deal. He's getting 6.1 mil a year. Sony Michelle signed a $1 million, $1.16 million contract, and Raheem Mostert signed a $3.1 million contract. So clearly they view Chase Edmonds as double, and that's probably what his market was anyway. So the other guys are out of depth. But we've seen Sony Michelle, he's effective, and we've seen Mostert, he's gonna get injured. He's it's <laughs> bound to happen. It's it's it sucks, man, because he's so good. And he's, he's like, so good. Some, it's ridiculous. It's fun, but, he's been fun to watch. Yeah, but Chase Simmons is your guy here. He's you know, 
he's going to catch the passes. He's shifty. I, I love Chase Edmonds. I think you're getting a phenomenal value on Chase Edmonds right now, especially being outside. I mean, he's basically going as an RB3 right now, which he's going to finish higher than that. Just want to let everybody know. Um, but uh, but he'll be there. So I love I love Chase Edmonds here. As far as the wide receivers go, you're right about Waddle. I I mean, honestly, that uh, 12 for 73 stat line you said, I could honestly see for Tyreek Hill a lot of the time too. Okay. I think okay. Uh, I think all the defensive backs have to do against Miami this year is sit 20 yards back and just you know play cover three, Not cover four. In front of you. Yeah, just keep everything in front of you, and you're fine. Um, Tyreek Hill, double team him, and I, that's kind of how I see this offense going on there. Um, Mike Gusecki, I he's so athletic. He's so good. If you watch him play, it's just ridiculous. Uh, if Mike McDaniels wants to use him like Kittle, that would be awesome, and I might actually trust him again, but I will never draft Mike Gusecki and another one of my teams. I, I've fallen for it too many times. I, I can't just, do it. I'm off the train. That I, I mean, all of that seems fair. Okay, let's get to the defense really quickly. I don't, I don't think this is a huge. <laughs> it's going to be a huge surprise to anyone. Uh, linebacker Jerome Baker. I think that's kind of your guy. Um, he he's been a solid. Uh, linebacker over the last couple of years. I would not take him as your first linebacker. He's definitely going to be your second linebacker. Usually you can get him a little bit later in drafts just because people tend to forget about him. But I think that might be your guy. Uh, Benaric McKinney is the other linebacker on this team. Kind of a depth option, not really somebody that you need to be looking for. Um, Emmanuel Ogba for the D-line would be the guy that you're after in that position um, for me personally. Uh, I think, you know, again, I don't, think you're going to be getting a DL one out of the situation, but could he fight to be that 17th, 16th DL? Uh, sure. Maybe. Um, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, and then as far as the defensive backs go, Javon Holland's probably the best option you have on the team. As far as defensive backs go, saving Howard is flashy. And if he gets on a, uh, another one of his interception streaks, he could be one of the guys you stream from week to week, but him being a cornerback in a lockdown one at that, not he's not always going to get a lot of work because people tend to not throw his way smartly. But if they decide to start testing him and he gets a couple interceptions, he might be a guy that you look after. Also, Eric Rowe, I wrote him down as well, somebody to look after as far as defensive backs. But again, it's late. It's not really somebody that I'm after that much. Joe, as far as the defense goes, did I miss anybody that you want to throw in there? Just Brandon Jones. Okay. I, I think he takes over Eric Rowe's spot in due time. Okay. I mean, Eric Rowe showed with the Chiefs that he is not not anything special. I mean, so. I agree. That's why I have had him just written down, but like I don't feel good about advocating someone to take him. Is is McKinney still on the Dolphins? I didn't Oh, shoot. He was well, maybe not. Last time I looked, see, I thought he was on the Giants. Last this is why you use updated rosters and not the unupdated rosters that I'm using. But fair enough. Um, yeah. So I mean, the only reason I bring that up is uh, Landon Roberts looked pretty good last year. It was, and they signed Channing Tindall uh, as a rookie. I mean, those both those guys look pretty good. Um, Tindall out of college and uh, Eldon. Just uh, Aladen. Sorry, I can't say his name. He looked pretty solid in in 
not a ton of work last year, but I can see him taking a step. You're right. And they also got Melvin Ingram, who is a is a reasonable replacement. Jalen Phillips was pretty good too. Yep. You're right. You're right. That's uh I, I you know, it's okay. I I'm forgot. not overly excited about this team. I mean I'm not I, either. I and, like the defense. I I you know, I have a decision to make in a league to keep Tyree Kill or or let him go back and I just I, I don't know. It's such a hard decision because there's a million ways Tyree Kill's season could go. It's I I think when everyone's waiting for him, you know, when they're playing four defensive backs and everyone's waiting for him, is he really going to outrun all these people like he did in Kansas City? I I don't know. I have to agree. So, saying all that, his their over under is eight and a half. Um, I did have that one written down, and it. I mean, I'll have to we'll have to hear their schedule here, but it feels feels about right without hearing the schedule. Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of the same. The Jets were facing there. It's, you know, New England, Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincy. They get the Jets in week five, Minnesota week six, Pittsburgh week seven, Detroit week eight, Chicago week nine. So that's a pretty good – they can pick up some wins there. Yeah, Yeah, Cleveland in week 10. Again, we don't know about Watson. If he plays, I don't think they win that game. If Watson's not there, though. Right. And then they have Houston – um, then they go to San Fran, then they have the Chargers, the Bills, the Packers, the Patriots, and the Jets. So they don't have an overly difficult schedule. I'm not going to lie, Joe. Anymore. I might be over. I, I went into this fully thinking I was going to say under for that, but that seems over to me, actually. Yeah. It's just going to be if they can keep the team together. You know, if you can put a guy like Tyree Kill out there who's going to voice his opinion with a first year coach. And keep it from going becoming a circus. That's where uh, that's where I'm worried. Well, about I feel like they probably put into his contract, like, "Hey, you're just gonna have to vibe with us this year, man." Like, <laughs> just vibe, just not, exactly. Just, just <laughs> you know, we're paying you thirty mil. Just, just, just relax, man. We're, we're good. You're gonna be good. Okay. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be back to cover the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. But first, we're gonna hear a word about underdog. Hey, IDP Army. Hope you guys and gals are enjoying the episode we have for you today. We want to take a little break and tell you about our partners at Underdog Fantasy. Use the link in the description or the code IDPARMY when you sign up. They're going to give you a deposit match bonus of up to $100. And you can play all kinds of sports on Underdog Fantasy, not just NFL. They have NFL, NBA, MMA, PGA. They have everything. If you're in any sport, they generally have something there for you. Go check them out. Tell them we sent you. Go sign up for the Best Ball Mania 3 draft. That is their giant draft that they have every year. Best Ball draft. The winner of that this year is going to win $1 million. The total prize pool is $10 million. We've got content on the channel for it. We have episodes of the podcast for it. We have rankings for it. Go sign up for Underdog Fantasy. That's where we play best ball. Hopefully, we will see you in a draft. Thanks, and now back to the show. Go play Underdog. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, as mock draft season is approaching, uh, this is we could not advocate more for this to be the way that you mock draft. I think this is kind of the future of mock drafting because literally you get thrown into a draft in a random position. I mean, you are going to have to pay $3, but it's $3, $3. 
and you get to draft an entire team with a bunch of people who are also going to be drafting to win. You're the point of this is it's a best ball league, but you just get to do a mock draft basically for $3. And if you end up drafting the best team at the end of the season, you get money, you get paid for having the best draft out of everyone. But this is the best way to have an actual draft simulated that, you know, nobody's going to take a ridiculous person in the first round or they're just throwing their own money away. Like that is the best way to do it. It's an incentive to try because you are paying money to do this. And, you know, you could end up winning in the end if you draft a good enough team. Yeah. And that's the best part about it. Cause people are actually putting money into this. So they're taking it seriously. So you're actually getting real time. You're picking the brains of the fantasy community just by drafting. It takes, you know, at max, 30 35 minutes i do it all the time and then when that mm-hmm. not check but when that payment rolls in at the end of the year that's always nice too because you're like oh man that was nice i like that exactly i mean they have plenty of other games too but i understand like i continuously talk to people who are frustrated with mock drafts and how frustrating it is to mock draft when somebody ends up taking like Dak Prescott in the first round. And it's like, Oh, it's a Cowboys fan. And they just screwed the entire draft because now nobody wants to continue on and people leave in the middle of it or whatever. Never going to have that problem on underdog. You will never. And if they do, they're costing themselves money. That's just one less person for you to beat in the end. So I highly, we all highly advocate for people to, if you really want to do and take mock drafting seriously, so that you can get ready for the season underdog is the way to go and the single game so, ones are the best you can pair it with your DraftKings, your fan duel you can pair it with whatever you want you can do your normal lineups during the week and then hit that monday night game get your team in there in a little draft and it, you know it's really fun to watch the the best part about it for me last year was the thanksgiving games i was sitting there getting drunk with the family and we were we were scrolling through we were picking some teams and stuff it was a really good uh family time and plus we want a little bit of money off of it so a lot of fun. Highly recommend Okay, it. let's move on with the further into the AFC West, or East. Ooh, almost said West. Into the AFC East, and we are going to go to Buffalo to talk about the Buffalo Bills. Joe, do you want to give us a little Buffalo Bills primer? I know you're excited yeah. about this team. Oh, I love this team. I absolutely love watching them last year. I had them going all the way. Unfortunately, the Kansas City and, and Patrick Mahomes is insane comeback. But uh, Josh Allen. QB one, don't even think, don't overthink it. He is, he does everything for you. He's a running back that throws the ball. It is the single best thing. I mean, trust me, I'm not big on taking quarterbacks early, but if Josh Allen's sitting there, I would at least consider it because he is such a difference maker for your team. At running back, we got Devin Singletary. He looked awesome last year. He actually put up RB1 numbers going down the stretch there. Um, now, interestingly enough, we got Devin Singletary going into the last year of his contract. We all know how the NFL doesn't re-up people, um, especially running backs, uh, when they reach the end of their contracts. So James Cook, uh, I gave Josh a lot of flack about this for our dynasty thing because he seems to think that James Cook is the uh, the next greatest thing. He, he walks into a great position. We got Zach Moss on the roster who you know was a healthy scratch numerous times. Who knows what's going on with Zach Moss? And Duke Johnson was signed on a one-year contract. So you know, you really could be seeing a team that's trying to trying to throw James Cook in there early to mitigate 
having to pay Devin Singletary or uh, mitigate the impact of losing him after the end of the season here. So James Cook's honestly in a great spot. He uh, right now, what is his ADP on underdog? James just Cook, full, just is, full disclaimer out there. Me and Joe were only supposed to do Miami and the Jets. Josh and Jordan were supposed to do Buffalo and the Patriots. So our coverage of these two teams is just going to be a little off the cuff, which is fine because we can talk these teams. But as we said, we trim the fat and we're bringing you the real <laughs> content right now. Exactly. So, so sorry I mean, we don't have some of these numbers. Oh no, he's going off at 107. So you're getting him in like the ninth round there. Uh, Running back 35. Yeah, running back 35. I mean, I like Singletary a lot. I think you could draft him and feel comfortable as like your RB3, but I don't, I wouldn't trust him as an RB2 at all on that one. Um, the wide receivers, uh, you know, we got Stefan Diggs. He is going to kill it as he always does. The, the, uh, the connection that him and Josh Allen have is just ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people are expecting Gabriel Davis to really solidify the wide receiver two role. We saw that monster game from him last year. That is got to be the single-handed most remembered performance of any fantasy football player in the last 10 years because it was one game, and I think that vaulted his ADP up 40 spots this year. I don't um, think you're wrong. No. I mean, uh, I, I like it. I love Gabriel Davis. He looks really good. He looks like he's got the talent there. But they also have Jamison Crowder, which they signed. They have Cleo Shakir, what they brought in, Isaiah McKenzie. Somehow, Tavon Austin's still floating around out there on this team. <laughs> I don't know how he's not retired yet. But I I actually I really like Jamison Crowder. I think he is an upgraded Cole Beasley uh, on there. And we know Josh Allen likes that little out route to him, kind of over mm-hmm. the middle right there. So I think Jamison Crowder could be a sneaky, cheap player to have on your team. Uh, for the price that you're paying for Gabriel Davis, uh, it's risky. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't, you know, we saw one game of it. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is no longer there. So if you want to use a, uh, you know, the transitive property, he should slot right in there. But even then we, you know, Emmanuel Sanders didn't, wasn't exactly lighting up the scoreboard either. So I think you got Stefan Diggs and, uh, and that's really it on the wide receivers that I would massively trust. Uh, Jamison Crowder is going to wide receiver 61. So he's essentially free. If you're in an underdog draft right now, take him as your last pick. I don't think that would hurt you in the least bit um, on that one. You know, the tight ends, Dawson Knox, he was awesome last year. He was so efficient. He had multiple two touchdown games. I loved having him on the roster. The addition of OJ Howard scares me a little bit. OJ Howard really didn't do much. With the Bucks, we saw it his rookie year and his second year. He had some games where he was very good. He fought injuries and stuff. Well, now he has a fresh start in Buffalo. And for his size and speed, I could see them trying to incorporate him a lot. So that definitely takes a little bit off Dawson Knox's plate. Um, I'm not nearly as high as I was on him going into the offseason. Um, Billy, you like anything on the offense here that I didn't talk about? Um, I you mean- love Gabriel Davis. I, okay, so Gabriel, Gabriel Davis was my biggest buy going into the offseason. I still believe in Gabriel Davis. I, I might have cooled off a little bit, but I just think if you're if you're going to project this team out, and this is why it was my buy, because 
how many good years can Stefan Diggs have left in the tank? So if we're talking redraft, Stefan Diggs is still the guy. Gabriel Davis, I can still see why you would not fully believe in him. He's gonna have a lot of he's gonna have some pop games this year, but maybe not consistently getting the numbers that you're expecting from him. Um, but if it dynasty wise, I, I think Gabriel Davis is the guy that you buy right now, and then he ends up getting really good for you in about three years. You know, he was only drafted in 2020 and we, he showed what he was capable of in the playoff game. I mean, if you're able to do it at that position and like in the one of your, the biggest game that you've played in and you're able to do that, like it was just special. And he was not just like, you know, there was a couple routes that he ran were just, they were just nasty, filthy routes that left him wide open in the end zone. And people were like, well, he was, Wide open. I was like, yeah, because Gabriel Davis shook the def- defensive back out of his shoes. Like, that's why he's out wide open in the end zone. So, I think there's just a lot of talent there. And I think he's one of those guys where, like, in about three or four years, we're going to be looking back like, man, Gabriel Davis was really cheap. You know, it's kind of like, remember when Devontae Adams first came in? And he, we, we all said that Dante Adams can't catch the ball. Like, we were all saying that he had butterfingers when he was playing next to Jordy Nelson. Like we were just like, well, he'll, he'll never be the next guy. And then Devontae Adams being the best wide receiver in the league for the next, you know, three or four years after that. So, yeah. you know, I'm not saying, that, okay, this is going to come off as me saying Gabriel Davis is basically Devontae Adams. But I'm saying, you know, I think he's going to be one of those guys we look back at and we're going to say, hey, I remember when we considered great Gabriel Davis just the guy that had that one big game once. Like, I think we're, that's just how we're going to think about him. Yeah, I'd follow you down that road. I just plus I don't know how many plus he's tied to Josh Allen. Score. Yeah, I just don't know how many games are going to score seventy eight points in, in normal. I, I mean, I good. Really I mean, it's, it's a strong point. I get it. Uh, My biggest not. thing with Gabriel Davis is just how far that one game vaulted him up the charts. I mean, it was. It did. You're it right. Did. I mean, we saw the potential. We saw what he could do. It was also against Kansas City's shitty secondary on there, who was letting it's, everyone buy him. It but. was a opportunity to go to the AFC championship against what we thought at the time that was, we thought at the time that was the Super Bowl and then neither yeah. team even made it to the Super Bowl. So that was the um, best yeah, Josh literally crowned the, that the winner of that game, the Super Bowl champion. It wasn't even the AFC championship. So yeah. I'm just no, saying I'll follow you with the Gabriel Davis thing. I think you're absolutely right. I just dynasty. You know, I think, he's, he's going as wide receiver 24 right now. So, right. And that's about the, even that might be a little rich for my blood. I don't think I'd take him that high. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you're you're way too early to redraft him and redraft this year, but next year you'll be, I think, right on time at 24. And yeah. Dynasty, you need to be on him now, or he's going to get hella expensive next offseason. Like that's the, you're not gonna be able to get him for a reasonable price, especially if Stefan Diggs was to like you know, get injured or be able to play for some reason, like this would be his opportunity. Yeah, so, they just yes, signed him to a four-year contract, so it's, you know. I know, but he's, what, about 30? I mean, I'm not saying that's a death sentence for wide yeah, receivers, but beginning of the end. So it's not quite as good as, or not quite as high as Underdog has him right now, but he's going around Hunter Renfro, Devonta Smith. Well, underdog players are in for that, you know, what if he, what if they get injured kind of thing. Like, yeah. he'll be you know, and attached to Josh Allen, which is yeah. the most important part of anybody right now. If you're attached to the wide receiver or quarterback one, good things are going to happen for you. But there are a lot of mouths to feed on this offense. Um, I also want to mention James Cook 
is going to be a receiving is going to be a receiving threat um, like they don't have on that team. I think it was very telling when they were after. Damn, I forgot his name. He plays on Washington, but they were after the receiving McKissick. back from there. Yes, McKissick. I thought it was very telling that they were after McKissick, and then you know that whole thing got fumbled, and he ended up back in Washington. And then they decided to get James Cook, who was a pretty good receiving back at Georgia. Um, and I think that if they use him in that capacity, PPR games, Cook could have a lot of value this year. Absolutely. I mean, I just, you know, if Singletary gets hurt, I guess I guess they got Duke Johnson, who proved somehow well, last year that he was a goal line. That is the one I'm more curious about. Done. Can James Cook be a RB one. He's never done that in college. Yeah, that's the thing that scares me. You got well, obviously you have Josh Allen. If you're on a goal line, he's probably just right. gonna run it in. Exactly. But you know, are you really worried about James Cook in the backfield on the third and two? I'm, I'm like, really not. And that's if, the worst part. Because yeah, if like Terry gets hurt. That's the unless Moss turns it around. I mean, Duke Johnson last year for Miami somehow proved that he was a short yardage back and he had never done that in his whole career it so. was weird to see it's, yeah, it's maybe they saw that in buffalo and was like oh shit we got a backup here i guess so i just can't wait for the first time chris collinsworth has uh james cook and he's like al which i don't think al's even on that anymore but he's gonna be like al now here's a guy plays just like his brother dalvin just like dalvin cook and this is his brother james cook like that's just i cannot wait for the chris collinsworth where he's just like, Al, here's a guy. He's he's a brother of James Cook. I just can't wait. It's gonna be. It came from the same seed, man. I mean, there's an opportunity for it. I, I know. Just, I watched you James know that Cook. You watched James Cook. In the ground. I just don't see a route for him being an RB one. I mean, it's in PPR. He could he could be you know a solid James White esque player or something like that. But all right, I don't. Joe. I think this is gonna be the first time ever that this has happened. Me and you are going to do a fireball shot with the fantasy gods. If you allow fantasy gods, if you allow James Cook to be a top 12 running back, me and Joe will take a shot. Now, I don't know what the fantasy gods will do if he does. Just like an infinite bet. Like, I, I, you know, I don't know. I didn't really think it all all the way through. Exactly. I don't know if I thought this all the way through, but if, if this season, if he ends up as an RB1, me and Joe will take a fireball shot against the fantasy gods. Because I'll the take fantasy a shot gods... if he's an RB2. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what, Joe? I know. I'm not saying. RB2. I mean, the it would be, it would be insane. It would be insane. The opportunity his... is there for James Cook. The talent is there for James Cook. I just don't see how he can slot into, especially with Josh Allen there stealing goal line stuff. I just don't see how he can slot into a RB1 or RB2 role. But RB3, absolutely. Me neither. So, fantasy guys, there you go. If James Cook is a top 24 uh, running back by the season's end, me and Joe will have a shot. I've got my fireball right here. In your honor. Okay. So, man, we spend a lot of time on their offense. You want to quickly get through their defense, which is loaded as well. So, we're going to need a minute to talk about this. It's ridiculous. Let's start off with the Lions. So they got Shaq Lawson, Ed Oliver, Gregory Russo, AJ Espinenza. They have an absolute insane, insanely talented room here. They have the the defensive line that we all know they rotate them. Mm-hmm. But the efficiency that these guys get is absolutely off the charts. So if you're looking for them, Gregory Russo, I mean, the plays that he made last year, that interception off Mahomes, the 
the sacks that he was getting, he looked absolutely dominant. So I think in year two, they feed him even more. And I think he's going to take a jump there. You know, Shaq Lawson's usable um, on that one. And then we got the linebackers. We got Von Miller, who is going to slot right in on that line. Von freaking Miller. It's absolutely insane that they were able to require him. Uh, Matt Milano, always valuable. Tremaine Edmonds, uh, you know, he's good. He's good. He's not going to give you anything great, but he's a solid tackler, and he'll get you the points there. The you know they're bringing back Poyer and Hyde as their safeties. Um, Poyer absolutely, you know, he puts up points. I like it a lot. Yes, and then he is a freak. Every the year. added clear Elam, who is very very solid on the outside there. So I think that's actually you know addition by subtraction. I think Wallace is the one that uh, he's in Baltimore now, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, I I had Kyer Elam going into the season as my cornerback one. That should mm-hmm. that, that, just to say how. I, what he started, I mean, obviously he did not end up that way, but at the beginning of the season when we were doing the college football tailgate, Kyrie Elam was my guy. So the fact that he has ended up in Buffalo is just an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, there is usable pieces all over that defense. Um, you know, the, the interest, I got to see how Von Miller slots in here. I feel like at his age, he the way he performed last year, he hasn't really lost much of a step. But with the way they rotate those guys, he could honestly be – very effective rushing the passer there. So yeah, for sure. All right. Well, the over under for the Buffalo Bills is eleven and a half. Just count it. Uh, yeah, I want to go over the schedule. Yeah, there. honestly, like it, it's kind of funny. This is one of the few times DraftKings has done this. They're actually daring you to take the under eleven and a half. It's actually yeah. plus one twenty to go under eleven and a half. So they're basically daring you to yeah. do that like it's it's th- that much of a foregone conclusion that they're going to win over 12 games and that they decided to not even put it fair for you so yeah are we going are, to this game on october 16th though where is it kansas city oh the man. rematch oh man 171 we a ticket. De- wow 171 a ticket Okay, well, uh, we'll talk about it. You know, we'll, right, so maybe we got we, we got the let's, Rams. Let's comp those. The Rams. That's a. I think they got the Rams. Tennessee, Miami, the Ravens. We got the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Jets, Minnesota, the Browns, Detroit, New England, the Jets, Miami, Chicago, Cincinnati, and New England. Um, yeah, I think they got it. Um, just going to throw that out there. I don't see anything that's really that. I mean, you know, they're going to bring it with KC as well. Yeah. It's okay. I have, I have a bet in for Buffalo facing the Rams in the Super Bowl. So by all means, let's have this happen. Well, let's see how week one goes for you. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Well, let's move on to the last team in this division. And that is the new England Patriots. Um, they had a bizarre offseason, I, I will have to say. The draft, very strange. Very strange draft. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of what they did in the first round drafting. Was Cole that a strange. play on words there? Actually, kind of, <laughs> I, it was yeah. unintentional, but it made a lot of sense. Yeah, you made the Cole Strange joke. I love it. Yeah, it was very strange what they did in the first round. Um a guy they could have easily gotten in the fourth or fifth round. They just went ahead and took in the first. Why not? Sure. Okay. 
Uh, they also acquired Devontae Parker this offseason, which I think could mean good things for them. They drafted Tyquan Thornton. A lot of people have some good notes from him coming out. Um, and the, the main loss was my guy who plays out for the Chargers now, J.C. Jackson. It was kind of unfortunate. I uh, love J.C. Jackson. Thought he played really well in this uh, in this defense, and he won't be doing that anymore. But through the offense real quick, we got Devontae Parker now there, Kendrick Bourne, and Jacoby Myers. Um, and Tyquan Thornton and Nelson Aguilar are also, you know, rounding out that wide receiver bunch. I, I would say Kendrick Bourne is still my guy. I know that I have been having a lot of Kendrick Bourne propaganda on my uh, timeline over this offseason, and it will remain that way. He simply did not play enough last season, and he would have had in some insane stats had he played the entire season. He only started four games last season, Joe. Kendrick Bourne. Crazy. That, Crazy. He had 800 yards and five touchdowns. Can you imagine what, if he had been a full-time player on the team? Um, a lot of people, and I know that you're going to be scared of Devontae Parker, and Bill Belichick loves receivers that burn him. To He will eventually go try to acquire them on the team, which is what he did with Devontae Parker. This could mean good things for Devontae Parker, but I'll believe it when I see it. I've seen a lot of Devontae Parker in the past. I have not seen a lot that has made me think that he is all of a sudden with Matt Jones going to make the leap that he couldn't make in Miami. But I who knows? I also don't want to rule it out either. He could potentially be very good. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I, I love the story of Jacoby Myers. I'm glad that he finally caught a touchdown last season. That was very special for him. I just don't know if I totally agree that he's going to get the same target share and work that he got last season. Uh, his catch rate was not good. And you can partially blame that on Mac Jones being a little a smidge inaccurate, even though Pats fans, I would never say that out loud. So please do not at me on Twitter. Uh, Mac Jones is a fine, fine young man from the University of Alabama. Um, they also brought in Tyquan Thornton. A lot of people think that Tyquan Thornton might actually take Kendrick Bourne's spot, but I think Tyquan Thornton would be better used on Devontae Parker's side of the ball. But and he's not gonna he's not gonna leapfrog Devontae Parker. So I'm kind of interested to see how they use Tyquan Thornton. He's very very fast. He's from Baylor. Um, made a lot of money for me in DraftKings uh, last year with the college football. But I'm not. I wasn't ever really overly impressed with Tyquan Thornton when he was at Baylor. Now that could be the talent level. That could be him. I'm not sure. But I don't think we need to overreact to him being taken in the second round. I, I think just because he had that high draft pedigree, sometimes we fall in love with players just because they get drafted that high. I think he's one of the guys that you can relax on. Let's let him get used to the offense. I don't think he's going to legitimately threaten. Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, or even Jacoby Myers for their spot on the team. Um, we'll quickly get through the rest of this. Mac Jones, you're not going to take him. I, I, you're not going to take him. Uh, it's just not not going to happen. It's First of all, it's a run-first team. Mac Jones is going to be better than he was last season, but it's still not going to be a fantasy-relevant better. He's going to be a better real football player than a fantasy football player. This is a fantasy football show. I just got to explain that. Sorry, Pats fans. Again, do not at me on Twitter. Uh, Damian Harris and uh, Ramondre Stevenson are your two running backs you're looking for. I think both of them could be solid to take as you're like in the running back three position. 
I don't think you need to overspend for either one of them. If you're sitting there between taking one of them and a dart throw wide receiver, I still think I might go with the dart throw wide receiver that you feel more confident in than you would say a Ramon J. Stevenson or Damian Harris, but either one could end up being good um, for the rest of the season. They also brought in Pierre strong, which is interesting to say the least. Joe can't wait to get your thoughts on that in a second. And then Hunter Henry is the tight end you're looking for this year. He was the more, more used one than Johnny Smith, but I still think, they paid Hunter Henry a lot of money, so hopefully receiving-wise, he can be a little bit better than he was last year. But again, I'm not really sure what you're going to get out of Mac and Cheese Jones. I guess we'll see. Joe, what are your thoughts on this offense? I I couldn't even tell you. I like your Bourne pick. I think Bourne has a good opportunity. I like Parker. Uh, the running backs, Damian Harris is going in the last year of his contract. He fumbled in two critical situations last year. Bill hates I, that. Yeah, I just, you know, we'll see where this team's at this year. But I think Stevenson kind of jumps into that spot um, and kind of overtakes Harris throughout the year. But uh, the Pierre Strong addition, you know, James White is ancient. He's 30 years old, which for running back standards is is very old. So I think Pierre Strong, he's an extremely natural runner with the ball in his hands. And he wasn't used a ton as a receiver. Uh, but I think he can take that next step and kind of slot into that receiving role for them. So Pierre Strong is definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Um, as far as Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, save yourself the headache and don't even worry about them. If you're in a dynasty, I'd be trying to buy Ramondre Stevenson, but I would not be happy about it. I would be trying to sell Damian Harris as quickly as I possibly can because you know I just think with the way the Patriots run the ball and how effective they are, He's not as talented as, you know, the three touchdown, two touchdown games he had last year would imply that he is on that one. So overall, I'm just kind of avoiding this offense. I mean, I like taking the cheaper pieces off of it. Their wide receivers are essentially free. You know, Bourne's going at wide receiver 83, Parker's at 63, um, Jacoby Myers is at 63, Thornton's at 101. I mean, there's... If you're in a deep enough league to be taking stabs at Thornton and stuff, you could. But, I mean, taking a shot at a Patriots wide receiver is absolutely nothing right now. Um, and Bourne, for what he did last year and how efficient he was, it would be my guy that I like. On that. That's all I, I got on the No, I'd have to agree. And naming Harris is not long for the Patriots world. When's the last time Bill Belichick decided to throw some money out for a running back? I Never. Don't- don't think that that's going to happen. I, I love James that. White's I like, the only one that's ever gotten that. Wherever Damian Harris is, goes next, that will be where Damian Harris, we finally get to see exactly what his value is in real life. All right, we'll quickly get on to the defense. Um, Matthew Judon was really good last season, so I think you can continue rolling him out there. Um, he, well, he's, you know, he had a couple of games where he, I guess not so much, but overall, I think I can trust Matthew Judon, uh, Kyle Duggar, and Devin McCourty. Good safeties, good guys that you could probably take on your team. Um, uh, Jabril Peppers is also somebody I find very interesting on this team, a guy that you could probably grab. And then Adrian Phillips, because he has that DBLB um, designation on under, on sleeper, that is it could be valuable. I, I'll have to see what his playtime, what his snap share is. That could be a problem, but. I think that that's somebody that you could take in a sleeper draft and feel pretty good about having on your team. Um, 
Joe, who else on this team are you thinking about? I'm really interested in the Juwan Bentley and Mac Wilson thing. Oh, I mean, yeah, Juwan, Wilson, Wilson's another guy. Yeah, Juwan Bentley did nothing last year. I mean, watching him play, he just kind of lumbered around the middle. I don't think he did anything to necessarily solidify that spot. We all know the upside that Mac Wilson brings. He never got a chance to show it on the Browns, but maybe Belichick can get him get something out of him. I could see him moving into the middle linebacker starting spot um, without much competition there. And then the Kyle Duggar, um, the Kyle Duggar thing's upsetting to me because I was all in on Kyle Duggar. The signing of Jabril Peppers worries me on that one. Um, I mean, they have so much invested in Duggar right now that I think that it's his job to lose. Uh, but there's definitely a lot of a lot of value in the safeties here. You know, even if you took a shot on Peppers. You probably get him well a name value. He's not going to go later, but uh, Duggar and Phillips would be the two guys I'm interested in there. But I've had Phillips on lots of teams, and the dude just puts up points. That's all he does. And if you can put him in that defensive back position, that's all he does. I think you are correct. By the way, we also mentioned on this team they have Nick Folk, who is the was the number one overall kicker last season. We don't usually do kicker talk on the show, but. Nick Folk seems to be uh, the guy. So whenever you have everybody trying to get cute and taking Justin Tucker and, you know, trying to take their guys, Nick Folk might be a, a sneaky good kicker to take. Sorry. It, it, this is the Patriots. It's it's we're talking kickers because the, the team is very not fantasy friendly. Uh, just being honest, Bill Belichick hates fantasy football. And that's been obvious for the last, I don't know, four years since, <laughs> since he decided Brady was done being on the team. Um, yeah. it's just frustrating, but oh well, Bill Belichick's been a winner his whole life. All right, over under for the Patriots is eight and a half. I don't really think I even need to see the schedule to be honest. I'm going under because this team is not overly talented, they are right in the middle of the pack. Yeah, going under eight and a half. Let's see. So, we got Miami, uh, Steelers, Ravens, Packers, Lions, Browns. Bears, Jets, Colts, then a bye week. And then we got the Jets, the Vikings, the Bills, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Man, they're they're daring people to take this eight and a half, though. They really are. That schedule is not tough at all. I do, still don't think this roster is that talented. But now you're now you're daring Bill Belichick not to win you know, some of these goofy games in there that he's like the Cardinals. That one stuck yeah. out like a sore thumb. That's a game yeah. Bill Belichick wins every time. Yeah. He probably shouldn't, but he does. He's going that, that game. I'm probably already going to take the pass to win that game. Just, yeah, we all know Belichick owns the Colts. So um, that's probably a good one to <laughs> good one to put up there too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Andy owns Matt Ryan forevermore. Uh, yeah. After, but that's I'm true. Sorry. I'm sorry, Falcons fans. We didn't need to get that one in there. Yeah, you guys don't need any more kicking while you're. Yeah, there. I apologize. That wasn't. You know, I didn't intentionally mean for that one to come out. But all right, that's the AFC East. I think we can safely say Buffalo Bills are going to wipe this division. Uh, don't think that's. I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, as far as a second playoff team. I think Miami might be flirting with it a little bit, um, but they've got a lot of contention from the AFC West to get, you know, they're going to try to get all four teams in this year. And I'm not going to, I'm not betting against any of them. Um, so we will get into the AFC West next week. That is for sure. Uh, follow us 
on Twitter at Offensive Points. Follow Joe at OP Joe, two E's. Follow at Josh Hall, STL. That's one H in there. It's just the one, just the one H. Don't put Josh and then another H and then Hall, STL. That won't pull up Josh. It just won't. You won't find the right guy. Uh, <laughs> I love messing with him about that name. At Ombre Vendor. Um, also, go to the Etsy store. Or just type in Etsy.com and then go to at the IDP Army. Or no, Semi Pro Fantasy. Wow, I don't know why I said that wrong. Uh, you will find our merch there. You can get a nice little possum shirt. They're adorable. The fabric is very soft. Everybody that I've had in my life that has purchased a shirt has enjoyed how it feels on their body. And we want you to feel the same way, possums, because that is, you know, the kind of people that we are. We just love and we want, we love the support and we just want to help you all show that you like the show. So we did a ton of research and development on that shirt. We sure did. I mean, we, yeah, we had panels of up to a thousand people at a time just trying the different <laughs> fabrics until we determined which one we, was the best. We fell the... through 400 different fabrics to get to this one, and you are going to love every stitch in that shirt. They are the that epitome is, of great. That is a possum guarantee. A possum guarantee. All right, Joe, get us out of here. Guys, it's been fun rolling with you. See you next week.